Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Joining us from Las Vegas, Maria Romano is a minister, wedding officiant, podcast host, author, and motivational speaker. Through her company, True Love Knots, Maria has officiated over 4,000 weddings and created courses on becoming officiated yourself. Maria, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. How are you, Sanjay? (laughs) I'm great. I'm excited to have you on because we have not had anybody that is a wedding officiant before. And so I'm super interested in kind of this as a side hustle. But before we get there, why don't you give us a little bit about your background, just like a minute or two about uh, you and, and kind of how you got to where you are now? Well, you know, I came to Las Vegas in 1976, and I met my husband, my late husband, in the rent-a-car industry, and we opened up our own rent-a-car company. So we actually had one of the uh, one of the first woman-owned car rental companies in Las Vegas in the airport, which I was. Listen, let's face it, that made me feel great because, yeah. I, you know, an industry that's so male dominated and we sold it in 2010. And then unfortunately, my husband passed away in 2012. But uh, I then transitioned from a male dominated industry, believe it or not, to another male dominated industry <laughs> here right now, being a minister, <laughs> believe it or not, a lot of people still, some of them are still not used to a female officiating. Yeah. You're just all about uh, moving into industries where you're the oddball, but I love that. That's that's really what um, being an entrepreneur and a founder is really all about. Um, let's talk about the the rental car piece just for a minute before we get into this other stuff. Um, I mean, that's like a, a really capital heavy business to get into like that. Like, how did you guys manage that starting out fresh? You know, when we started, we started with seven cars. We're talking, we're going back in the 70s and it evolved. And you're right, it is a capital heavy company. You're 100% when you need credit lines and you need to you make sure you have the revenue streaming in and it's managing people and, and you have moving inventory all the time, which is right. a liability. So that those yeah. are issues. And as we grew, we, uh, you know, what happened was is the larger companies dominated and they do it well They're because they buy in bulk. They're able to provide, you know, great rates, great services. Not that we couldn't. So we wound up selling to Hertz in uh, 2010, which was probably the best decision we were able to get out. But, you know, it was, it's really, I leave it up to the big guys. They do a great job. Now the big guys are complaining about Lyft and Uber. <laughs> and right. uh, what's, there's another one out Turo there. is one of the Turo is a big one. I was, yeah. what? yeah, listening to a podcast about that. So it's, I, it's changing. It's evolving. 
I'm sure you like sit back. Um, I mean, it's been many years, but you probably, you spent so many years in that industry that you probably are watching some of these things and being like, oh man, if that had been around, like if Turo had been around when you started or, you know, like any of these other things, like it would probably radically had changed your business or maybe made it easier, maybe made it harder. I don't know. Actually made it more, would have made it maybe more profitable because right. of the, um, they don't have a lot of restrictions on the type of cars, but you still have, you know, again, even though it's still moving, it's a moving, uh, you know, object, a car, you have to worry about right. people. So, you know, people can't be replaced. Cars can. So that's the difference. Yeah. And uh, it was definitely a very interesting industry when we started, when I left. And I still work with the American Car Rental Association. Every year they have me and nice. help them with their membership. And I love it. So it kind of keeps my finger in the pie on what's going on. <laughs> I love it. So you've now spent, uh, I'm doing the math, over 40 years yes. um, as a founder entrepreneur. Was was the car rental thing the first thing that you'd done entrepreneurial? And, and was there entrepreneurs in the family that you got to watch? That's what made you comfortable of, of making this move or, or was there something else? Well, my, my, uh, my late husband, of course, was very entrepreneurial. And my grandfather uh, on my father's side started a construction company. Actually, it was um, brick and stone. They were actual bricklayers in New York. So my dad, you know, of course, he had his sons working for him. Then they sold. And then my dad moved to Vegas. I came with him and my stepmom in the 70s. And he actually um, was an entrepreneur in pool tables and a few other things. And uh, yeah, that's how so I've been around that. I rather, you know, I like working for myself. I like the idea of making my schedule, having the time if I need to do something and it's difficult. And, you know, we've been there when you think about this, being able, answering to somebody else. So that's, that's tough for me. I have to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, okay. So you, you started the car rental company, um, exited it. And then at what point did you decide how many years after that was it that you decided to start this and what caused you to want to start this? Actually, it was the same year. So a little backstory. You just my, can't stop, can you? It's just like, you got to keep going. I love it. You know what? No, I actually start. Well, when we sold our rental car company, I knew that I needed to still do something. And I wanted to keep myself busy and occupied. My late husband had a heart transplant in 1997. Yes, I say that again, a heart transplant. So I always knew wow. we were on borrowed time. We were very fortunate. We were married 33 years when he passed away. And I knew I wanted something to keep me busy. And I, and I went to a wedding ceremony in Las Vegas over at the Las Vegas Country Club. And there was a woman, actually a woman was performing the ceremony. I said, you know what? I think I want to find out and see. I would like to do that. So I did, I did some research in 2010, after we sold the car rental company, I actually got my license. And in Nevada at the time, in Las Vegas, you had to be affiliated with the religious organization, either online or brick and mortar here. So I, I received my ordination online. You don't need that anymore. Now, now you can pretty much get your license anywhere in the country. It's very easy. So... Um, that's when I started. I put together a CD that, of a mock wedding, a little bio, some references about who I am, because it is an industry, you know, where it's about the customer experience. And I went out on the strip, pounded the pavement, and crickets. <laughs> Sunday crickets. But after some persevering, 
Um, I went back and I actually, I got hard at the Venetian and the Flamingo. And the reason I got hired as an, and we're outside, you know, we're vendors. Um, I said I would do uh, commitment ceremonies because at the time, same gender wasn't recognized. It wasn't legal. So that's how I broke in. So fast forward to today, what I've learned, and now I've performed close to over a thousand weddings a year, which is great. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. A thousand weddings a year. That's like almost two a day, three a day. That condensed towards, I try to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I, we condense them, but uh, wow. yeah, okay. I, I keep a few clients. I perform them in helicopters. We go to the Grand Canyon in a helicopter. I mean, it is so fun. So fun. I have to tell you. Wow. That is amazing. Um, so, uh, okay. So you started pounding the pavement and crickets. Um, was there anything like when you started then, was there anything that made you nervous about making this leap that you were worried about? No, the only thing that I just wanted to be able to perform weddings. So that made me nervous. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, I, you know, you, you can you can put it out there. Oh, I'll do free weddings, right? That doesn't always get you the clients. So what I really, and I even looked for somebody to help train me, to take me under their wings, and nobody wanted to do that because I was then interfering with their territory. It was, <laughs> yeah, and that happens. You know, it's like I said, it's a big business here in Las Vegas. Not anymore. It's, it's so different because I'm now part of the Las Vegas Wedding Chamber of Commerce and completely different uh, makeup than it was then. But those are things, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Did money. you just say the Las Vegas Wedding Chamber of yeah, Commerce? we have a Las Vegas. Yes, I was, I'm on the board. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. I had no idea that there was a chamber of commerce just for a specific industry in in Vegas. That's amazing. So let me give you a little bit of information. So actually the wedding industry generates to Las Vegas, $2.7 billion a year in revenue, 2.7. And that's destination weddings when they come in and, and money being spent in all areas. So it's that. So really, when you think about it, all those room nights, all that entertainment, right? That gambling, uh, you know, going on excursions, shows, restaurants. So that's what it, so it's a big industry. Yeah, that's amazing. So I, I want to rewind a little bit. So you started pounding the pavement and like all of us, I think, know that people go to Vegas for a quick wedding or they go there, get drunk and get wedded, get married, you know, a la uh, Ross and Rachel, uh, on friends. Right. So, uh, it's, it's this, um, like, you know, w- what was your challenge there in terms of getting your, your first wedding? And then the second part of that is now looking back, you know, 4,000, 5,000, however many weddings in, like thinking about how you do them now versus that very first one you did, like how much of a difference is it in terms of your experience and, and the, the, the experience that you provide to your, your clients? Well, you know, then of course I was concerned because, you know, you want to build up revenue. You're uh, spending a bit of money out there on different websites, uh, promoting yourself. And if you don't have the reviews, you're not getting the reviews, you're not going to get the client. So what comes first, the chicken or the egg? So for me, I, I changed my business model where I actually... I'm an outside vendor for about four to five companies and I limit it myself. And that's where I generate most of my business. I do private weddings. Now today it's a lot easier fast forward because of social media. 
And social media is your friend. And most of the time it's free. It's free. And that's what I tell everybody, which is part of what I provide in my training is utilize that because you know what? P- couples are going to go to, so they want to know, first of all, you have a website because that's your brick and mortar. And also, what are you posting on social media? Is it frequently? Is it infrequently? It says a lot about you. Are you current? Are you current with the trends? So that is a way. And you can, of course, there's there's a wedding, a wire. Um, there's the knot. There's several websites you can advertise on and getting reviews. But you can also have those posted on Google as well. And then put them on your website too. So, and I tell people, and you want to, you want to be known? Also go out in the business community and get on every podcast that you can. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. I wonder... um, like if you can kind of think about somebody that's starting out like you now versus how you had to start out, right? When you started out, there was no social media. So it made it harder for you to hustle and get clients. And now it seems like, okay, yeah, there's this easy way, but it's not just simple just because you have social media, right? It's still a lot of work. And I think for a lot of people, you feel like, Hey, I can just put something out there and then the people will come. And, and I don't think that's true necessarily. And I think there's this false dichotomy of, of like social media makes it easier. So how do you think about that? Like if you were starting from scratch now, how would you approach building your business? Well, first of all, I, myself personally, I would be doing a lot of live on my social media and I'd be doing a lot of live talking about how how passionate I am about love and about being part of a couple's special day and how important that is to be Mm -hmm. able to share their message with them, the couple is what, what they perceive to be a, you know, wonderful ceremony and their guest as well. So I would definitely start off at that point in time talking about that. And again, I would go out there and I would be networking with different, um, networking, uh, Opportunities. So, if, for example, in Las Vegas, we have the Wedding Industry Professional Association, is known as WIPA. The, uh, throughout the country, you have the American Bridal Consultant Society. So they're all over uh, you, the U.S. Actually, they could probably, yeah, they're all over the U.S. You have WIPA, you have, um, and then you also have other social or event companies as well. Getting out there and getting people to know you as well, because event planners will book you. They want to know how you show up, what you, what you say. Okay. And I always tell people when you show up at these events, you're still a professional person. You're your own brand. Make sure you don't drink too much, right? If you're a drinker, my rule is you don't drink. And also uh, don't talk about drama or what's going on in your life. They don't want to hear that. You want to talk about what you're doing, how you're current. Hey, I found this new trend and I see that couples now are not just sharing a glass of wine during the ceremony, they're now doing shots. I'm just something else, you know, just (laughs) talking about what's going on in the industry or there's no, they're, they're replacing flower girls with flower dudes. 
Have you yeah. seen that one yet? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen that. That's that's interesting. That's where so, a flower dude walks down the aisle with a tight t-shirt, a friend of yours, and a little fanny pack, and they throw out petals and they dance. And it's kind of like a version of a overweight Tiny Tim. If you remember who Tiny Tim was, I'm dating oh, yeah. myself. But so you I think that those are the ways that I would start off. And but again, showing that you have a passion for what you do. That's right. what it is. Also, on another note, Sanjay. And I believe there's only four states that it, this is not, uh, it's not the reciprocal. But if you are a notary, you also can perform wedding ceremonies. So for notaries, this is a great side hustle as well. Yes. Oh, wow. There you go. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, kind of managing the business and the, the stress of it, right? So, uh, you know, when you're doing your own thing like this, and, and you've been doing it for a while, right, with the rental cars and, and now this, um, there's a lot of stress because you're like, you're the boss, but you're also the boss, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so you're responsible for all of that. And then I think for you, there's this other layer and you kind of touched on it. Um, the stress, you know, s- weddings are not always stress-free. There is the drama that's happening um, in the weddings themselves and the stress of all that. So how do you manage both pieces of that? This, the stress of managing the business and then the stress of the events themselves. You know, I have to tell you, I, I wish I would have had somebody teaching me like I teach today because I would have definitely, I've learned how to manage stress, but it didn't happen overnight. I mean, yeah. when you, it takes time to develop that, that um, demeanor about you and that you have to remember that if you have somebody coming at you that all of a sudden they seem like they're a little bit more aggressive and you have to remember not to react. So the difference between an action and a reaction is a hesitation. But uh, there's a word that I use that I've, um, Ed Milet used it as in his book and on a podcast called Equanimity. And now that's what I use, which means how to remain calm under stress, duress, or chaos. And I have to tell you, uh, lately there have been some interesting uh, situations just with couples or, you know, trying to get to a, a wedding on time and there's a lot of traffic and just having to just take that uh, that internal gnaw in your stomach, right? I'm sure you have, yeah. how does it feel when you get that? And it feels like there's a knife and just breathing through it, but it does take time. And, and there are things that you can do that you, things that you can't control. And, you know, make sure your phone is always charged up. If something's going on, you're delayed maybe for a wedding. I, I am a stickler. You have to show up on time, must always on time. I mean, unless something happens, that's it. Yeah. That you cannot foresee. That to yeah. me is the biggest thing. Showing up and showing up prepared. Yeah. You don't want to look like I, a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That, that's true in all of life, I think. But um, so looking back on uh, 4,000 plus uh, weddings, how many have you ever been late to? Five? 5,000. Oh, 5,000 weddings. Okay. There was only one wedding that I had miscalculated. Uh, uh-huh. I was rushing from the Flamingo Hilton. I was going all the way up the 215 to a country club. Uh-huh. And I was a few, I was actually there. I was there on time, the actual ceremony time. But fortunately I had told them, I said, listen, I have another commitment. You moved and they had moved the wedding up. So when you have something like that, other than that, no. But you know, there are times when I have put something down, I forget to put something in my calendar. I had that happen a couple of times. Thank God my clients loved me. 
And thank God I don't live too far from the strip. Okay. So I'm able to get there right away. But now we have so much construction going on in Las Vegas. You know, we have Formula One coming in. We have Super Bowl. So I really prepare. Now I I pace myself differently. And I think you need to prepare for that. And you have to factor your time in when you're in this industry, where you're traveling to. Right, right. Yeah, you. Th- these are not ones that you can just zoom in on, right? You've got to be there in person. Um, so it's a different thing. Oh, I, I want to ask you, the, the last few years have been very tough for hospitality-based businesses because of the pandemic. How did that affect you and how did you deal with that kind of through the entire pandemic? Well, the pandemic definitely did, uh, you know, put a damper on some of the industry. I, I remember that I had several weddings on St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I got these cancellations and I heard that that they were, you know, we had this issue with this virus and so on. And I figured, okay, they closed everything down. I said, only be for two weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. You and all the rest of us, we all said the same thing. Okay, was I so naive? <laughs> However, it, we did, we closed down for six weeks, the actual... Uh, marriage license bureau, we opened up because we were able to get that reversed because it was necessary because there were people, there were other municipalities throughout the country that were not issuing marriage licenses. It wasn't a necessity. We did it. There were people that still needed to get married for insurance mm-hmm. purposes, whatever it was, it was maybe, oh. the, yeah, so, or, or they were in the military and they were getting called right. to leave. So they wanted to, so we understood, so it opened up. And I um, actually, 2020 was the year that it actually started getting busier for me because I, first of all, I was vaccinated. There were some ministers that weren't vaccinated. I don't have any health issues. So I was able to get there. I very, very proficient on Zoom, any type of virtual. So I started when I had doing wedding ceremonies with a couple in front of me and they had their family on zoom. I would have them mute their mic, unmute their mic, help me pronounce them, <laughs> present their daughter that couldn't, be, they couldn't be there, but they still felt. So that made a big difference. And I actually did. I want to say I performed close to 900 weddings. That was my big year that started. Wow. It started for me. So just, but again, I was fortunate. It was in good health. I was able to do that. Right. So not, you know, that, and they wanted you to be vaccinated, a lot of the uh, different properties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. Uh, that's great that you were able to, to kind it's of It's an anomaly. It doesn't happen everywhere. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and let's hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully like the rest of our lifetimes, we don't get this again, because uh, I think all of us are exhausted um, from any of that stuff. Um, is there anything that you do in terms of regular routines that helps you stay grounded um, things that you do every day, like do you sleep at a certain time or exercise or is there anything else like that that is like a must for you in terms of making sure that you stay kind of grounded and focused on on what you want to accomplish? Well, you know, I always, I, I believe that there's nothing that makes you feel better when you get up in the morning and you're clear headed. And mm-hmm. it has to do with what you're doing the day before and what you're consuming, whether you're consuming something, putting it in your body or whatever you're reading or whatever you're doing. So if you're watching three episodes of Law and Order before you go to sleep, you know, that doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily go to sleep with a great 
focus in your mind. So what I do is it starts really for me the night before. And the night before is when I put together my routine and I actually put on an app, a meditation app. I shut down, That's the only, and it's actually shut down near my nightstand. So I listen to meditation. I have my puppies, I'm a widow. And I start off with that and being grateful. And I have to tell you, I have a journal, I write in it. In the morning when I get up, you know, my first thing are my puppies that I take care of. And I do have my coffee, but I do meditate. I listen to bird sounds. So bird sounds, if you can't, if you don't have live birds for at least a minute or two, will put you in a mood and they boost, they boost your mood, your hormones for about eight hours. They make you feel happy. So for me, I exercise. I mean, those are things that I do. That's, that's my prerequisite. But again, I have changed my whole lifestyle because it's very easy when you're out there networking. You can consume a little alcohol. You don't really feel great the next day. Yeah. You don't eat the right things. So for, and especially if I have a heavy wedding load on the weekends, for example. So I'll have 10 weddings, usually maybe at one chapel. I have to be ready because Sanjay, if I do, if I mispronounce a couple's name, don't pronounce their name, the, the right name, I've, I omit something. There are no do-overs. Think about it. You cannot have everybody come back. Photography, videography, guest. So I have to be ready. There are no dress. The dress rehearsal has to be doing it right. Yeah. And the, the couple is going to remember that too, right? That, that's going to be the thing that sticks out to them. Like, I wish this had gone right. And, and so you don't want to be a part of the thing that they wish had gone differently. Um, okay. So thinking back now, I mean, you've got a long career as a, a as a founder, which I love that. Um, going back, you know, if you were able to go back in time, is there anything that you would do differently based on what you know now? Well, listen, let's face it. <laughs> as we go through life with experience, we would love to be able to take what we had now and bring it back to then. And actually, one of the things is I think it's important to have a lot of mentors in your life and finding your passion. So, the rent-a-car business I fell into. Was it my passion? No. I found my passion loving what I do. Create, I created, as you know, my digital course, and also I officiate weddings. And I speak about love. So I personally would have loved to have fallen into this sooner. But when I think about it, my life experiences brought me to today to who, where I am so that I am better at what I do. But yeah. surround yourself with people where you're going to grow find your mentors, find your coach. That's going to make a big difference. And that's something that I started doing over the last few years, but I didn't do that yeah. when I was definitely younger. We think we know it all. <laughs> I love that. Um, so if, if there's somebody that was in front of you that's thinking about taking the leap and, and launching a side hustle or taking their side hustle into a full-time uh, business, what advice would you give them? Well, find out, first of all, do some research on whatever side hustle that you're looking to get involved with. I think that's the first thing. Making sure that you have enough capital, depending upon what you need in order to do that. In this particular business, you don't need that much. It's very little. However, there are other industries, making sure you have access to capital and for growth. Because one sometimes for growth is you need to have more money. Uh, that, that, that's, a, that's something else. And then also understanding that you're not going to be an overnight success, that this is that something that you just need to persevere. And every day you get out there and always being relevant if the industry is changing with whatever you're doing. It's like technology. You know, now they're talking about AI, right? Chat, you know, chat GPT. So now if you're not utilizing things 
depending upon what you're doing, do that. So, yeah, and you know what? Take the leap because at the end of the day, what's important is you want to, to make sure that you're doing the things you love, provided it's not hindering maybe your family or whatever, you know, financially. But you got to try to take that chance, even the part-time. That's what's great today. You can have multiple streams doing, doing different side hustles and find your passion and then just go with it. Yeah, I love that. It's great advice. Uh, Maria, where can our listeners find and connect with you? Oh, you can find me, first of all, on social media under True Love Knots. And of course, it's True Love and the Knots is K-N-O-T-S. And you can reach out to me, Maria, at True Love Knots um, at gmail.com or True Love Knots, Maria at True Love Knots.com, my website. And definitely, I'd love to hear if anybody has questions, just even if they're getting married and they want to just know something. I'm your girl. Reach out to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks for coming on today, Maria. Thank you so much, Sanjay. It was such a wonderful, wonderful experience. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Park. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparik.com. <laughs>